wise how how is it are you excited about that movement of making art more that's more in a classical sense going to the digital sense or how, how do you what's your how do you feel on that yeah i think i'm super excited about it i think right now it's in a huge bubble and the bubble is going to burst eventually but i think what's really exciting about it is that it's actually a new tool like that has been invented like something mm -hmm. that we've never seen before and it's going to give uh, artists a little bit more of like a say in their work like when it gets resold or have a little bit more control and it's also just a new like way to uh i mean yeah i mean digital art's been around for so long but mm -hmm. i think we're realizing now there's an actual way to yeah tokenize it make it able to be like bought and sold like a uh, rights to digital uh, artwork, which is like a totally like, I think kind of groundbreaking thing, really. It's, it's crazy even just see like we, Beeple, what was it last week? Yeah, yeah, it was last week. Yeah. Six, 60, was it $69 million, which is a, a preposterous amount of money. And you can see all the people just kind of like hiding all their like money in, in digital art now. And it's become like this weird kind of thing to say that like a lot of this super rich are hiding money. In, in art in an easy, yeah. like an even simpler form. But it more than anything else, it kind of propels the art industry into a different branch. And like, do you think with your art, which is amazing, it, it's, so I, I saw you, I saw it on a sponsored ad and I just, I looked at my phone and I was like, no way. This is, it's, it's it was, it's beautiful really. But exactly. with that, that aspect of like more and more people getting interested in digital art and you see like influencers like Gary Vaynerchuk, like pumping, pumping the shit out of NFTs, do you think that's going to be yeah. like amazing or going to cause an even bigger bubble? Um, yeah, it is interesting to see what's going to happen. I think right now there's a perfect storm of things all happening at once. So like cryptocurrency has been around for a long time. It's always been in the news and it's very obviously related to NFTs because mm -hmm. you have to use it and like use the smart contracts of Ethereum to make NFTs. But, um, since it's been on a massive bull run, like Bitcoin, I think right now is one of the highest prices it's ever been. Yep. Uh, and then you also got, you know, people have been, there's people have actually have more money saved right now than they ever have. And that's because people haven't been traveling or going out during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, there's uh, stimulus checks from the government, mm -hmm. both in Canada and in the U S. And so I think you have this and also, you know, casinos have been closed, you know, and like sports has been down, like people haven't been betting. So there's like all this like built up or pent up sort of demand for uh, people wanting to buy or like bet with money, like to try and win big. And I think that's part of why there's like this huge rush. But then there's also been all this pent up demand for like digital art to find a place. It hasn't been like, you know, tied down to anything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's, it's, I think it, probably still going to go up for a while and you never know how how long it'll keep going for um right now we might be at the height of it because of the uh the people thing right so i think yeah. we're, we're kind of like seeing the the reactions to it right now but even that if you look at like people on the most like granular level you see that like the the amount of search for for his name isn't like it's still it's still super high he's in every like main news source kind of thing but yeah one month two months ago it, he wasn't a mainstream name yet 
which is like kind of crazy to think that it went from not the not mainstream to $69 million for sales of like 5,000 images, yeah. which is a ton of work. And the stuff he does is insane. Yeah, it's, it's super pretty fun, crazy. But it's pretty crazy. I, I'm excited where they take uh, NFTs to see how they make it in a physical sense because there's the, yeah. the like the showing it off. Because like you, if you paint something, you put it on a canvas, right? It, you have it present. But when yeah. I look at my phone and I look at my super silly 10 cows image that we were talking about earlier, like a couple days ago, I go, what, what's the point of this? This is a $30 joke I bought to see if I could make a couple people in my dorm room laugh, which works out. Yeah. But it also was like, how do I put it up unless I print it off? Do you think there's going to be like a tech burst as well where more and more people are going to be buying LCD screens for their houses? It could be. Yeah. I think that's an interesting point. Like when it's when you take it to a, like, I'm, this is something I'm really interested in my artwork. It's like mm -hmm. transitioning, taking digital things to a physical place. And like, what happens in that transition? Like when you have, I guess like the sort of like pure form of a digital file is on a screen because mm -hmm. that's probably where it was made. And so, you know, maybe in the future people will have like specific screens in their houses for like a digital, I think there's already been some NFTs that have that, like they're sold, with a sort of like screen that mm -hmm. is kind of always on or something and like you need to keep it plugged in if you want to see it i think i think i recall seeing that i so, i do i do yeah. think i saw some of that but i'm just thinking like i think of like the game cyberpunk where it's just screens are everywhere everybody's trying to kind of show off their art pieces and i'm excited to just see like where say 10 years down the line we see people with their houses they go hey go look at this new yeah. nft i got and it's just like the pepe meme frog or it's like light uh, Buzz Lightyear, like dancing in a weird way, which is going to be so strange because meme culture just adds to that whole sense, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it definitely will be here here to stay. Like the meme culture, uh, I, I remember being in high school and like back in actually back in like 2012, 2014, when memes were still like more of a niche. I remember like thoroughly enjoying them and like looking at the troll face when things were in there, like. The memes were in their adolescence you know the mm -hmm. troll face is a, a very like old ancient meme but um back then it was funny because like not many people really knew of them and the word was still like new like people were like oh is it pronounced meme <laughs> but i think it's now like gonna stick as part of like that was what the 2010s was it was just mm -hmm. like the rise of memes and like social yeah. media how, how do you think that plays into the 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 culture of your style of art because I know it's it's so completely different, but there's still that sense of like, just looking at something and going kind of, wow, what is this? And like, you get that with your art as well. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think like a, a little bit of what happens is like when something new comes along, like, yeah, like social media or like memes, it's like, you're not sure how to feel about it. And I think I'm trying to be more okay with that feeling. Cause like, you're, when you're not sure about something, it's probably just because it's like really like new, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, or you've just never done it before. And then um, in my art practice, when I'm doing things, I try to like do things that are new for my work and I get that feeling, but then you, you know, you, you can't like fight that feeling, but you also don't want to embrace it too much. Cause if you try to like, just do new things all the time, then you'll never have like, you'll never, uh, you'll be sort of lost <laughs> with too many things going on. Yeah. You also like be able to hone down, you know, one kind of idea. Yeah. I just think like, that's maybe how it relates a little bit. Like, um, 
the way, the same way I felt about like internet culture, I guess, in the early 2010s is sort of what I feel about new tools that I'm trying to use in my practice. And uh, I'm also like, I guess it does bleed in because it ends up becoming sort of uh, part of the imagery of uh, mm-hmm. some of my work as well. Which, yeah, I see there's one painting that you have that the one that you, you, you put a sponsored at it, which caught my eye. And it's, it's the blend of like classical, like normal, uh, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but you, it's, it's, there's also like graffiti mixed into it, which is like the modern, yeah. modern push. And it, 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 it blends them together so well. And just to see that, like put in a way I've never seen before, that's something that looks so classical, but it has that modern touch to it, which is, I got to give it to you, man. It's, it's amazing. I, I, I really do love it. That, that's why I brought you on. Cause it's just so interesting to get, to try and pick, pick your brain. And even in this couple like minutes, I'm wow, this is amazing conversation, right? But the digital and classical, how do you think like the classical audience is going to be responding to NFTs? Yeah, so I think it's going to take quite a long time. I don't think people from like the older generations are ever fully going to adjust to like this kind of new technology and new trend Mm -hmm. in the same way that their generation had new trends and technologies that their parents didn't adjust to. Mm -hmm. I think like we're going to see millennials and Gen Zs kind of be the first wave of like um, using or buying these sort of like new art forms and kind of like actually caring for them and sort of like bringing them into history. Uh, That's my, yeah, that's sort of how I see it. Maybe there'll be some like cool boomers who will, yeah, like adopt it really early and stuff, but I think it'll be a little bit more difficult for uh, the older generation. I feel like a couple of museums might take that and go the right way. Cause there are a bunch of like super creative, like art museums that are like kind of pushing it now. And, but it's also like, they just got to set up a bunch of screens, which is like, is That's that working? Yeah. Putting up um, a bunch of screens in the gallery. That is pretty fun. I think you could also make it like the classical experience though. Cause you could just, if yeah. you really want to do it, you get that massive LCD screen and just put a cool frame around it. And then it just, it's yeah. like any other thing. That's, that's very true. Yeah. It would be interesting to see a painting frame around a digital screen, you know? I think, yeah, well, one company, I think Samsung did it. They made a massive screen. I think they just called it like frame or something silly, but they made this massive TV, which was like a couple, like, I think it was like seven feet wide, something huge. And then they put a classical frame gold, like the like floral kind of thing. And they just said, oh, this is our new TVs. And it just like hides in the wall. So I feel like if they took something like that, they could like put new tech, with the kind of the classical art sense and mm-hmm. how yeah. people wouldn't, I don't think it would be too big of a, uh, like a punch in the face for somebody that's used to the classical physical form. Yeah, it's true. I think that's one thing that art does a lot is it like, we'll take older uh, things as a sort of like um, reference point, you know, like if you have, you can, it's easier for people to access kind of like your artwork or like your idea if they mm-hmm. know something in it is something that they're familiar with. And uh, that's kind of what my paintings do as well. Like when I have those uh, older uh, painting images in them, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of like provides a little bit of an access point. Um, but they're also, yeah, that, that's really interesting. I'd love to see like, you know, oh yeah, one thing I was thinking of like the screens in a gallery versus paintings in a gallery is kind of interesting because paintings only reflect light, whereas like screens actually emit light. Mm-hmm. So they're completely different experiences. And that's something you notice when you go from like having, if you have like an NFT or whatever, right? It might look pretty cool as an image on your screen, but if you go to print it, it's gonna look completely different because Mm -hmm. it's not emitting, like it was designed to emit light, which you don't have on a piece of paper. 
That's yeah, actually, that is true. I definitely think my cows look cooler on my screen than my phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I'm curious, how did you get into like how long did it take you to kind of master your craft, like hone it? Do you think you have it, or are you still in that process of like I'm getting there? You know what I mean? It's, I think it's, I think it's always, I'm still, I'm still getting there always. Like, I think, um, there is definitely like certain like thresholds that you cross where you're like, okay, I feel comfortable enough, confident enough with using this material. I think it takes me about an entire year before I start to feel like pretty comfortable with the thing I've been using. Mm -hmm. So if that's like, if, if it's like, I'm trying to do one specific thing with paint, I'll start with it and maybe I'll have like a couple of good successful ones early on, but it's really going to take me a whole entire year of just like doing that almost every day before it, I eventually like feel more comfortable with it. What, what got you into art in the first place? Was it just like a grade nine art class that was just like, <laughs> or a cool teacher? No, I don't know. I'm underselling it, but what hit you that made you want to create art? Yeah. There's kind of a funny story about that. Like, I've always been doing it and my parents always like encouraged it since mm -hmm. I was really young. And I used to like draw my hand, like, uh, when I was a little kid on a piece of paper and I would just kind of practice that often. And I think what ends up happening is if you're known as like the artist in your class as a kid, mm -hmm. uh, it only like encourages you to kind of do that more. <laughs> and so that becomes your sort of identity when you're like in, I don't know, elementary school or then like uh, high school and whatever, uh, and you just keep drawing. There's always like that one artist in the class. So that was mm -hmm. me. And then um, there was actually a high school in Ottawa that I went to. It's called Canterbury. You might be familiar with it. It's like yeah. the arts, it's like the arts magnet high school. So they do, um, they have like dance programs, uh, vocal programs. That's in Canada. Sorry. Where is it about? Is it close to Canada? Um, I have no, no not really. It's more like in the South end of Ottawa. Okay. And yeah, so they have, uh, yeah, they had an arts program and I just applied in grade eight and mm -hmm. then I got in and then, uh, yeah, I was, I was going doing art class every day there. And that was probably a huge step up, like a huge help. What was that experience? Cause like I went to a complete public, like public school and it was like the, if you wanted to take art class, you could take like one or two classes, even if you like went down that path completely. So as a, as a full focused art school, what was that experience? Um, I think it was pretty awesome. The different, I think the big main difference is that people, most of the people who go to an art school mm -hmm. want to be there because they applied to get in. Whereas people go, who go to public school, like have to be there. So, yeah. and, and that's not to say like everyone at public school doesn't want to be there, but most people in high school don't want to be there. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was part of that group. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's I was part of that a little bit too, but I always enjoyed art class. Like I was, it was, it was sweet. Cause you know, it's all, you also get the most relaxed, relaxed type of teachers in like the arts program, because that's just the type of people it attracts, you know, like more. I definitely back. agree with that. I found like the arts teachers that I had were always the nicest. I had a teacher named Miss K. She yeah. was just like the nicest lady with a little like Ukrainian accent, super small, yeah. just an amazing lady. Right. You get yeah. that with the history teachers too. They're always like in the background eating weed brownies. Oh yeah. All the, yeah. All my art school teachers are all like super nice. Yeah, yeah it was you really lucked out if you were in the visual arts program because of that like in the some of the teachers i guess were more hard ass in like the dance program or the music program mm -hmm. which makes sense like you have to practice so hard in the music programs to be good you know because it's, it's a, a lot of it's just about that 
about like figuring out how to use your instrument and whatnot. So then after high school, what did you do? Did you just continue? Like, when did it kind of start to pick up? Cause I'm like, now I, you, you got 2000 followers on Instagram, you're growing, you're running ads, you're really making this a career and that's super exciting. So where is the next, like, where do you want to take this? Like, and where are you at currently? Where do you think you're at? Yeah. So like I'm at right now, I'm at a place where I'm, I don't, so I don't like my full-time job is like making artwork. And mm -hmm. that was a really specific vision I always had like to try and achieve uh, since I started going to university to study art. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, you know, back in first year in university, I had no fucking clue like what I was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I, I was just like all right at drawing and um, I didn't really have any sort of like ideas. And I didn't even know what, and I think a lot of people were in that uh, sort of situation as well. I, I was lucky enough though, that I had like four years of high school experience in an arts program. It kind of gave me a little bit of like a, a leg up. So um, I was really thankful for that. But yeah, I think like my goal when I went to university was just be able to get to a point where I can uh, sustain myself working as a full-time artist so that I don't have to get like any other job. Because even if I'm doing something, like if I'm just at least like in the studio painting, whether or not it's like maybe a pretty picture for somebody's wall, and maybe it's not exactly like if I'm doing a commission, it might not be exactly what I want to be doing, mm -hmm. but it's still better than you know. stacking groceries. Yeah, exactly. Like what? Cause any other job won't be helping me in my practice. Like at least painting, you know, commissions or doing whatever that uh, make people happy. At least that's like, yeah, a focal to my, you know, practice. And, and that's one thing that I, I, I kind of see with you now is this, We've all, we've been going back and forth for like a couple weeks or so, and I, I really under I really see that you love what you do, and like the yeah, fact yeah. that you can talk about something so passionate, it's like finding your passion at an early age, even like before thirty, is like so shocking, and having that and just like seeing, I'm I'm so excited to see what happens because like <laughs> thanks dude, thank you. Even even just from afar, because I I love it and I want to know like what's the end goal? Where do you want to take it? To be like, what, what, what's the dream end goal? And I ask everybody I have on here, like, what, where do you actually want to end up being? Because everybody's young. Nobody that's forty-five wants to talk to me. So, that's true. <laughs> I know I get that. Yeah, no, I think the uh, end goal really is to be able to just do exactly what I want to do with my practice and have that make m my income. You know, mm -hmm. that's like my. So that that I guess that's how I would define the success for me is just to be fulfilled by whatever I'm producing, and I don't have to think about you know. Um, doing something else for money like money is a huge factor for everyone and yeah. obviously like you know you got to be able to find money because uh you can't live without it so yeah that i think yeah figuring out how to make marry like my practice with the sort of like sustainability of of having like an income yeah is would there be a certain place that you'd like to have your favorite showing of your own oh, yeah. if once you get to that spot yeah yeah i mean there's like on a small scale, like I, I really, there's some galleries in Halifax that I've really, um, that I really like that I, that I wanted to show at. And like, luckily this fall, I actually got one of the spots at one of the galleries that I've been looking, looking up to. So I'm pretty stoked about that. And, uh, I'll have a show there in the fall. And then on a larger scale, you know, there's, there's just places, uh, around the U S around Canada as well. Um, you know, 
I can't think of anything off the top of my head because there's a lot of different galleries. But yeah. basically like, you know, the, the, the sorts of places where uh, there might be a lot of exposure and a lot of people come by or they have like, you know, high, like really, like artists who I really respect would show there as well. Like that's kind of, you know, what would draw me to a gallery is like, do they have, might I brush shoulders with an artist who I really like look up to? I think that'd be really fun. So who would be some of those artists? Well, right now, I think like uh, there's there's a couple artists like I really like the artist uh, Simon Denny. I think he's really interesting. Um, he he's a really like contemporary artist, and he's actually been in the NFT world like since 2016. Believe it or not, it's so uh, early. Yeah, like, scary. Really, really early. He, he has like a really uncanny ability to like, just predict like the next, like what's the yeah. next thing that's going on. Um, and he sold an NFT just the other day for like $50,000 US. It was like his first one that he minted. Yeah. Um, but he's like, he's like a really contemporary artist who will probably be going down in like the history books. Uh, he was, yeah. So he was making these uh, really interesting board games and uh, they were basically like, they, he took, he would take like risk or something like the board game, but he would like uh, rebrand it as a sort of like NFT board game or something. And uh, the, the, like some of the characters in the board game would be uh, like the guy who created Ethereum. Yeah. And um, what, I can't even say his name, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know he's Canadian, which is crazy. What? Yeah, he's, Can he's Canadian Russian. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. And I was watching a vice documentary and it was just like the Russian government was trying so hard to get him to stay in Russia, but he's like, uh, I don't know if I want to stay. Cause like they, <laughs> they gave him like S brand new Mercedes S class to drive around and they toured the, like the biggest like Silicon Valley of Russia. And I'm watching this vice documentary and the guy that's hosting it, I forget his name. He's just like, yeah, they, this guy's way too much security on him. He has like a 12 man fully gunned. It's nuts. Yeah. Just because he made oh, a theory. <laughs> he's like, no, he's so, it's scary how young he is. Like, yeah. and they can't even quantify how much wealth he has because I don't, oh, I don't not. think he's announced how much Ethereum he has. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. That, Wait, that's, yo, that's one thing that I'm looking forward to in the future that I think is going to be so freaking like cyberpunk. It's mm -hmm. like when the richest people on the planet or one of them is like, you know, nobody know who, knows who Satoshi is, but he created Bitcoin. But at one point, like there, people know they have good estimates of how much he actually has like Bitcoin worth wise. Mm -hmm. At some point, once Bitcoin gets up to like about a hundred thousand or whatever, I think he might be the richest person on the planet and nobody will know who he is. And he, be he became rich because he invented like internet money. That's really, that's just so cool. Yeah. I have a story about Bitcoin and it, I, I'm pissed off at my parents because they didn't believe me when, when I was in grade six, I yeah. we had to do a speech. So like the Ontario curriculum, you have to do a speech. And I chose Bitcoin. And I was like, oh, I'm going to nail this. It's going to be such a cool thing. Maybe it works. Maybe it's not. And I was like, mom, buy me. I think Bitcoin was probably like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And I was like, buy me two. Just get me two. I just want two of them. It's just 200 bucks. It's, it's, yeah. it'll, it'll be fun for the speech. I got an A plus on it. So I was like, come on. I have some bargaining tokens here. Yeah, yeah. And she never did it. Oh, man. And I'm so disappointed because I wouldn't have to pay for school yeah, <laughs> if my grade six speech worked out. Yeah. I would be part of the billionaire. No. Uh, but the <laughs> one thing, the one thing that's crazy about cryptocurrency as well to go on that point is people really don't understand. Like uh, wealth is a, is a strange topic for many people. Some people, they get uncomfortable when they talk about money and that, that type of thing. But there's also, we have billionaires. They got Elon Musk. 
And then we have like hidden money. There's, yeah. there's money that people don't really know is money, like some Russian oil guy yeah. or the... Or like even the royal family. I don't think they really... I don't think anybody knows exactly how much money the royal family is worth, even though they're like really obviously popular and stuff. And then, yeah, there's also a lot of like for super rich like oil families that you probably never heard of that might have even like a trillion dollar net worth you know yeah honestly well it's completely possible and then you just see elon tooling around with rockets and he's like i'm gonna make a bigger one You're like this <laughs> this is the type of billionaire we like right yeah he's a, he's he's i think he's he's almost a cartoon like i think he would make a really good james bond villain i think if the government pisses him off too much that might actually be the case it might happen because we already have Lex Luthor. We got Jeff Bezos just chilling, bald. He's already pretty much looking like him. Evil, yeah. The Snyder Cut just came out. They should have recast. Like, yeah, that's true. I think that would be, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it because we've already seen like Donald Trump become president. So, you know, anything can happen at this point. We're in the alternate universe where the cartoons become <laughs> become reality, right? It's just like people are actually watching us. It's not the, it's not the Space Jam where like Michael Jordan goes into dunk or now LeBron. But it's, I, I get that. Speaking of like memes and things that are just so outrageous that kind of work out Dogecoin. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Elon, man, what are you doing? I love it. <laughs> I know that one's, that one's all like just hype. I think, I think you can mint as many uh, Dogecoins as possible. Eh? So it's probably. Really? I, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure it doesn't have a limit. Some of the cryptocurrencies have a limit. Like Bitcoin has a limit. I don't Do you, think how much you can buy or. Uh, how many they can like make like uh, oh yeah, yeah 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 so it's on yeah sorry i didn't know what you meant by minted um Mint, or yeah mine i guess the right word yeah um which is strange which because like it's kind of like the the u.s dollar in that sense where you can just immediately make more and make more and and like mm -hmm. if you want to have four thousand dollars for one slice of bread but the the dogecoin well the dogecoin is just a weird concept driven by hype and it could fundamentally be an actual currency which is the scariest thing yeah it could a, a meme, the yeah, meme culture is taking over yeah you know i think yeah meme culture probably is going to have some lasting power but we it's fine we could also look back at this in 10 years and be like oh no the memes didn't stay but i think they might stay uh and i think you know that any man like that in the last uh just five years really it made me realize like anything's possible <laughs> You know, which is so yeah it's so true like literally anything can happen <laughs> like so many so many uh real life moments in the past couple of years were just like absolutely unthinkable that ended up becoming reality like he couldn't have told me you know um like a couple of years ago that there'd be a worldwide pandemic and then the president of the United States would get like sick with the virus that he had been like denying existed and stuff you'd be like what telling people to eat bleach or whatever um yeah that's and even like just space-wise like going to mars is so close there's going to be i yeah. think i'm honestly i'm gonna predict now i think there's going to be a, another space race but for a base on the moon possibly i remember i used to play call of duty and they had uh did you ever play call of duty when you were younger Oh, I play it now. I'm, I love it. Play now? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know the Black Ops one? They had, zombies uh, moon map? Is zombies that where we're going? That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes me think of that. But then, <laughs> well, what if it goes wrong? What if they, what if they, uh, I mean, that that that's a crazy, I think, honestly, I think they should be putting the money into fixing uh, 
the planet first. There's still a lot of issues going on here. But uh, there's also but like space. It's also cool but the idea space. of having a space base. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the space force is even funnier too. It's just apparently they all the like the whole theory or like the the reason they made it was because they wanted to split up all the money that was going into the air, the United States Air Force. But they were already doing all the things the space force were doing. Space force were doing, so they just cut the budget to the Air Force. Hmm. So they, which is a strange concept, but I guess American like uh, politics is so strange and yeah, entertaining to say the least. It's more. I think it's more entertaining than it is politics. <laughs> it is. It's reality TV. Like the, the news yeah. was going crazy because Biden tripped. Oh, dude, I've tri- I tripped fucking yesterday. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. You know, if you're on TV that much, you're probably going to trip. Exactly. Like, it's, it gets to the point where it's sad, where uh, people are focusing such on, like, minute details over everything. Like, it looked windy out. Come on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. They, yeah, it, even, like, and it happens to both, like, parties, too. Like, the Democrats will flip out over, you know, little things the Republicans do and vice versa. The Republicans will flip out over things the Democrats do. Do you feel politics plays a big part in art? You oh, yes, there was a certain... right yeah yeah like what uh what's interesting is like it's probably a bigger part of art right now than it's been for a long time and i have like uh like i I'm, I'm interested in it and i think that i think it's sort of like more like a lens like right now the art world's very like consumed with the political sort of like uh idea about art or how it functions politically and uh, I think it's a, one of many lenses to like look at art from. Like every work of art is gonna be political because it's made in a context and you can always like peel apart where it was made and what context it was made in. And therefore like it becomes, it's attached to some politics, right? Yeah. Like in the same way that, you know, um, yeah, any action you do almost, you can like kind of Politicize put into it yeah politicize you know so i think i think it's like a lens right and there's also like other lenses there's like maybe like a feminist lens or like a scientific lens or like uh whatever like you can look at things from many different kind of, you can kind of peel them apart in many different ways like you know does this rocket ship have how do you how would you consider this rocket ship that they're building under like a, a feminist lens or like a uh, a scientific lens or like a political lens like as a, as a political, like, does this rocket ship represent, you know, uh, humans desire to like, you know, explore, escape failed, escape and escape, whatever, you know, what does it mean? Like I'm an armchair psychology, Freudian kind of political analyzation, but you can do that to anything. And I think right now there's just like a huge emphasis on it in the art world for uh, Mm. politics. Yeah. That's my take. (laughs) Do you you think there's going to be a little, like a, a little renaissance after COVID ends where it's just going to be, everybody feels free. Kind of like the roaring twenties. They roll out of the, of, of, of what was it? Spanish flu back in the early 1920s. And then in 2020, do you think 2021, do you think we're going to roll into something crazy? Do you think art production is going to go insane? The creatives are coming back. New York is dead now. Do you think it's going to be like kind of re- revived? Yeah, I'm, it might be. I'm hoping that, there's a whole bunch of stores that shut down because of the pandemic, which fucking sucks. Yeah. But there is a lot of brick and mortar 
like kind of like uh, storefronts. And there's yeah. also a lot of like malls and things that don't really function anymore. Like mall culture is kind of gone. It's been replaced so by the internet. And I mean, at least like with the silver lining might be that they these could be turned into like artist spaces or like re repurposed for something, you know? And that might be a little bit of like a renaissance that, uh, you know, potentially happen. I think that'd be cool. You know, a lot of- I like that idea a lot actually. Cities. You know, like people need to leave cities a little bit and stop hyping up the rent prices. You know, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, Ottawa rent is ridiculous. Um, oh yeah, that. sure. It's, it's, yeah, it's good in Canada, like how much the Halifax has gone up like 30% in less than 12 months. Like anybody yeah. who owns a place, their property values increase 30%. It's insane. Yeah, my, my brother used to live in Halifax. He's, he goes to Dow. So and my family's all out there now. So they were just telling me about like, we had to sub that because he was like, I'm not in town. It's, it's pointless for me to even kind of be in Halifax when I'm just on the South Shore, just hanging out. So it, it, it's a weird thing at how once you going back to like the stimulus checks and that $1,400 for the States where it will lead later on, especially in either the crypto world or like the art chasing world or wherever it might lead. Do you think there's going to be with that boom, adding on to the uh, high prices of things and the, the culture of just kind of material goods um, and like hiding money in different places? Where, where do you think, do you think that urge to for materialism is going to still stay around after this? Yeah, I think so. I think we'll, I think people, there's gonna, there's like a pent up demand for, to buy things and to like go out and do stuff. I think you won't be able to get a seat at a restaurant as soon as things like open up fully again, you know, you won't see, you won't be able to get like a plane ticket, you know, they're going to be probably all sold out. You know, you won't be able to get like a place to stay if you want to travel. like things. I think people are just going to be like, yeah, basically just like doing all the things they didn't do for the last year. And part of that is because, well, obviously, you know, they've been pent up inside, but also because they haven't been spending their money. So it's kind of like they feel maybe like they have a little bit extra cash. And, you know, a lot of people are suffering through the pandemic. And that's true. Like, uh, it's easy to say like, oh, people have a lot of savings right now when a lot of people don't. Um, but there is in the aggregate more savings right now than there ever has been. Yeah, I, I wonder what's really going to happen. And like you said, anything actually can happen. It could be everybody gets thrown up to the moon or we have to all go to Mars to escape some climate change thing. <laughs> <laughs> a little grandiose and you can only go if you have a hundred million dogecoin or something outrageous right like <laughs> there is there is this uh funny youtube video i found the other day that was kind of about that it was like a kendrick lamar album mixed with a kanye west album but the like whole story and narrative behind it was that like there was a rocket ship leaving and Kendrick Lamar was invited on it and uh, they were going to Mars because like earth was being all like basically like yeah destroyed and whatnot and uh they go in and uh Kendrick's going into like the uh what is it like the hibernation sleep thing yeah, yeah. Freezing he puts on like a Kanye album before he goes into like the hibernation thing and then that's what the album is that you listen to on YouTube it's like about uh I forget what it's called, but it's, yeah, basically like <laughs> Kendrick being launched into space <laughs> to go to Mars. <laughs> how, how, how does music play into your art specifically? 
uh, it's really important. Like I have to play, I have to play music when I, uh, when I make my work in specific, for specific reasons, you know, if, if I need like a particular type of energy or like a particular type of focus for what I'm doing, mm-hmm. it's really important to have like music that matches that or to like accompany, accompany that well. Yep. And you'll end up actually like coming out in the work a little bit, depending on what I'm doing. Did, so give, give me an example. Like if you're playing this frozen Kendrick Lamar, listening to Kanye West music, what would the art turn out as? Like sad and depressed or like, like I, I'm trying to wrap my head around that level of creativity where art yeah. and music are so bound together. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to say like, it will more like give you, it, it's more like if you're working on something that requires a lot of movement in the painting and the piece, then like the music might encourage you to have more confident like brush strokes or like yeah. m- you might make more confident moves or you might be able to make better intuitive decisions because you're allowing yourself to like get into a zone that the music sort of like you know getting almost like hip- like hypnotizing you you know into like a trance where yeah. you make like intuitive decisions about things that are like kind of that work well and you're not overthinking it so if I don't listen to music, maybe my work will end up being a little bit more stiff or like feel a little bit more constrained. Uh, and if I have like the right type of music, then it'll feel like a little bit more maybe loose or like kind of capture the feeling of that music. Do, do you get a, a sense of like a little like joggers high when you're working where you get to that hyper focus of the art, you know, where you're going to take it and you just do it. Oh yeah. That happened. That'll happen. Yeah. There's like, not a whole lot of research on that, but it's a real thing. It's called like a flow state. And you just have to be, I think basically a flow state appears when you have, uh, when you're doing something that it's slightly above your skill set, but not too much. So like you're basically doing something that's a little bit difficult and you can't fully like, so it's not too easy and it's not too hard. You know, it's gotta be like kind of in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that basically, yeah. It, but if you're familiar enough with it, like it, when I'm painting, I don't have to think really about what colors I'm mixing to make what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. that's because I've mixed so many colors, like probably thousands of times. And, but when I'm painting a difficult image or something that's slightly above my skill level, uh, you know, then I'll get into a flow state because I get like, you know, there's enough difficulty there that it's not like repetitive or too easy and uh, enough stimulation that it's like you know something that i can focus on so so when you take from the the physical form of you painting and you also do digital artwork as well right so what do you use for that like just your ipad and something i saw that yeah like for the digital stuff i've been using i've been using my ipad uh it's right here and uh i've also been using my computer um i've been getting into like i've been using like 3d modeling programs for a little while. And I've just yeah. been actually today, I was using them. Um, and I've been doing some like drawings, which are sort of, uh, they're non-traditional drawings. And basically I don't even use pencil or any drawing materials. I'm using mm-hmm. a printer to make the drawings. Uh, but they're these, uh, I'm, I'm going in and I'm like finding, um, I'm downloading free uh, 3D models that people have okay. made on the internet. Is it, what is it, Blender or like Adobe Dimensions? Yeah, it's, it's Blender. Mm-hmm. I, I've been, I've used other ones too. I've used like uh, Unity and like Medium. Like I've actually used like VR 3D programs as well. Yeah. So 
But what I'm doing is I'm downloading like free objects that people make on Blender. And then I'm going in and I'm just kind of like compiling them. And then I'm making these images that I print out at a really low op opacity. So mm -hmm. I print out like, so I'll have like maybe 10 images of like a scene and then they're like from slightly different angles or something. Yeah. And then I take that image in a Photoshop, I lower the opacity and I print it at like 20% opacity. Then I take that same sheet of paper and I put it back into the printer tray and I print a different image with a low opacity over top. And so what happens is like, because each image is at a low opacity, but then they're stacked right on top of each other. Yeah. You get all these like weird effects, like the printer kind of like fucks up sometimes and the ink kind of like gets spread out. Um, but it also creates this like kind of interesting ghostly effect that uh, feels like it has almost the essence of the thing I was working on without yeah. being a specific representation of it. I get that. And I, you were talking about V, you brought VR up a little bit. Um, yeah. Have you seen some of the things people do in VR art? Like uh, I forget what program or what, what game it is, but VR art in general, do you think that's something that could get to the point where even you go to a museum, you throw a headset on and you're just looking at some strange creation? Yeah, I have done that before. There's, there's been a couple of like art VR art experiences that I've been um, part of, have been like in, and uh, they're really interesting. They're really fun. Like, I think it's like in this, it's a, it's a really new, like it's really early on still. So it's, it feels kind of like the first couple like smartphones, you know? Yeah. Um, or maybe like, I mean, I wasn't around for the first like cell phone or telephone, but it's maybe something like that or like early TVs or something feels kind of like that. Uh, so I'd like to see, yeah, it's going to have to take like more time to mature and we'll see more like what the capability is. Another thing that I've seen is like augmented reality, which yeah. I, I think might end up being more popular because it's going to be baked. It's going to be baked into the iPhones as like a default. So like the new iPhones are all going to have AR capabilities. And so when you go to muse, a museum, you already have your phone. Most people have like iPhones mm -hmm. and then they're going to be able to like use that or maybe if you don't have a phone, the museum can like lend you one for the experience. And there's Simon Denny is an artist who's already been doing that. He's mm -hmm. been using like uh, augmented reality for some of his like art pieces. So it already exists, but I think it can be, it'll be done more commonly. But I see like AR is, uh, even the Raptors, they're using AR right now as an app. There's something they're doing a, I think they're redoing the courts or something. So all the old hardwood, they're making it into tables. So I think oh, you get, which is actually really cool, but you yeah. get those, like you get four slats of the table. It makes a small coffee table. And then they say, you, if, do you think it's going to fit in your house? They have this augmented reality thing. You look and you see in your couch if, it, if it'll fit. So yeah. even when big business and companies like that are saying, okay, we're going to introduce it. I think AR is going to go get even more, get, get, get forced into our perspectives in the mainstream much faster than before. Yeah, definitely. It'll be, yeah, it'll be uh become more more uh yeah it'll, it'll happen it'll appear more often i guess yeah in the art world i think i think that's interesting yeah business is like always kind of like i think recently uh big business has been trying to like stay on top of trends more than it used to you mm -hmm. know like if you think about i mean there's always trends and cycles in business and whatnot but i think maybe like with things like crypto and nfts they might realize like, oh, there's like, you have to be really fast. Cause I think the internet kind of sped up trends, you know, it made trends happen like start and end way quicker than it ever had before. 
I think social media like TikTok did that because I saw Warner Bros. um, take a meme from that was related to Fortnite. Yeah. On one of their more serious shows about a serial killer and make a complete meme about it, which was it was hysterical to see something like it was like, oh, my friend, you know, the uh, what is it? My friend Jordan, he's cracked at Fortnite. They use that on something about a serial killer. And you're just like, okay, this is bad, bad taste, but also great taste at the same time. So they're hopping on trends at, a, at an astonishing rate. Yeah. And I feel the media is going to play a much bigger role than people are letting it out to see. Because you can even see like the big banks. They're so scared about cryptocurrency. And they're using new, um, uh, they're trying to find the altcoins like XRP, my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Please go. Please go up. Please go. No. Um, <laughs> please do it. Um, but I see the 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 transaction speed, and I think everything is getting sped up to the point where technology is just going to increase at that rapid growth, right? Kind of like the industrial revolution, with the fact that if if we can transfer funds at microseconds compared to set like before, an interact e transfer may take you what thirty seconds. If we can do that in even smaller than that and break it down and even make it like microns like so small you can just transact like that quickly what what's next like processing speed 5g we got starlink there's so many things that can just propel society and then what happens to culture what happens to like where does it lead art wise yeah so like i think what ends up happening is every time we introduce a new tool it's disruptive it's good and bad i don't think you can say anything's one particular way it just Mm -hmm. happens to like disrupt things in a good way or like both in a good way and a bad way at the same time, just in different ways. I think like there's, so if you look at history, like the radio was introduced in Nazi Germany in like the thirties and it was kind of like installed by the government in everybody's house mm-hmm. and was really it down either. made really accessible to spread propaganda. And it was, before the radios were used people weren't like totally on board with the nazis but then after the propaganda they just basically the 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 philosophy was like if you just keep saying it and saying it and saying it eventually people just start believing it you know and uh you know then you can see what happened it was but rate are you going to say a radio is is bad like a radio is not a bad technology necessarily but it could be used for bad and you get and it was a disruptive it was new at the time and it was disruptive and it ended up causing or helping like cause that you know whole terrible atrocity uh now people have radios in their pockets and the radios are decentralized and they're just cell phones and like when you follow somebody on twitter you're basically subscribing to their radio feed or Mm -hmm. propaganda feed or whatever um and we're basically just seeing the effects of that and i think it'll you know, whatever new tool, like whether it's, you know, cryptocurrency becoming a new uh, platform for monetary exchange, or like, you know, maybe if Elon Musk gets Starlink and everybody has internet, you know, it's going to be the only issue is that radio can only reach so far, whereas like, you don't know what the limits are for like the internet and uh, crypto, like, because those technologies might could be way more disruptive. And you know, humans have to be pretty careful because, you know, if a radio can help start World War II, who knows what, you know, the next generation of that could do. I think that the biggest worry, but the biggest, honestly, to the same point where you're saying it's got goods and bads, the decentralization with cryptocurrency, NFTs, if it's just in the art industry now, hitting the banking soon, 
I think the, the, the amount of jobs that could be lost if it completely goes decentralized, I'm excited to see what can happen because the, the impact that cryptocurrency alone has now is, is insane. People's lives have been changed. Uh, you just look on like Reddit, like even go on the cryptocurrency thing, you people will just send in the gains they've had for that week. And it's hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of dollars, even like GameStop. That was, that was funny. That was the power of the internet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's another power of the internet right there. I think with the GameStop thing, I mean, I don't really know the whole story, but the kind of gist of it is like people were mad for the recession that was caused in part a lot by in 2008 like yeah really bad bank loans for mortgages and whatnot and uh you know a lot of these uh shitty mortgage loaners were kind of or these mortgage loans were kind of done on purpose like there was basically like financial crisis could have been prevented and 100 percent. the big the movie the big short is a very good breakdown of that whole right yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen it and i'm probably talking at my ass but like from the <laughs> from what i know um a lot of the people who caused it benefited straight from it. And I think they I got guess, bailed out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stop making a trillion dollar loan, build them out. No, I think one guy took a fall for the entire thing. Oh, really? Yeah. One guy went to jail for the rest of his life over. It, it's like ridiculous. And the whole game, something is, it's, 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 it's iconic. And they've already got movies that are coming. Oh, I'm and, sure. And it's, okay. it's really like the leader of the kind of cult was a guy named Deep Fucking Value, other name, also known as Hello Kitty on YouTube or whatever. And yeah. Yeah. He, his whole, which is, he's, he's just an amazing guy because he's got kids. He just plays it quiet. Only post, he only posted like his win. No, he posted everything actually. So at the end of every day, he would just post one of like his, his gains. And hmm. one day it's at $48 million. Yeah. From great. GameStop. And when he got brought in by the SEC, they were just like, oh, this is complete terrible stuff. You guys were talking amongst each other. Oh, what does a hedge fund do? It's the same thing. GameStop, yeah. like uh, Wall Street Bets became like one of technically the, one of the biggest hedge funds. Funds, yeah. Like a decent site. Like, insane. It, which is crazy to find that Reddit brings people together. And you think the speed and decentralization of things will make it easier for people to communicate and do crazy outlandish things like GameStop? Or do you think it's going to cause a little bit more anarchy? Yeah, my worry is spot? that my only worry is that it creates more volatility. Volatility is not necessarily a good thing because oh. in the in the '90s, right before the dot com bubble, you see a lot of the same things that we're seeing right now, and we're also we're we're also seeing the same things, but we have like way more complex tools and. People have like the ability to trade stocks at $0 fees, you know, on an app in their phone, which didn't even exist like five years ago. Yep. So and I, who knows how much that pumps up the market, but the, yeah, the only issue I see is that if people can communicate and everything's decentralized like this, um, there aren't the same like sort of checks and balances in place that might prevent volatility, like what we see right now, mm -hmm. which, you know, it can be used for good and bad. No, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I guess that's my my two cents on it. Do you think there's like a doomsday situation scenario that could possibly happen? Not like yeah. nu not nukes, not like decentralization is going to cause nukes to, well, actually it could if someone figured out how to manipulate blockchain, but that's going to be really difficult. But yeah. do you think there's a doomsday possibility? Yeah, I mean, the closest I think we saw it was when like Trump was telling Kim Jong 
Un that he had a, or is it Kim Jong Il or Kim Jong Un? Il's dead. Un now. Un now. Okay, yeah. Kim Jong Un when he was uh, Donald Trump was telling him that he had a bigger nuclear button and it worked. <laughs> Which is like a political, like it's a, it's a it's kind of just a like who's got the bigger guns? I was gonna say dick measure competition, but oh, I didn't yeah, want to say it. <laughs> but it's like politics gets scary, and we were talking about it earlier where it's just like it's a reality TV show. What's, yeah. How do you yeah, feel? Crazy. Yeah. Pardon? It's just, yeah, it's a reality TV show, but it's almost like you know, there's a bit more participation because you can also like tweet at the president. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you know, like, how, exactly. How do you feel about social media and art? Do you think that's a big, well, of course it's a huge benefit, but how do you, how do you like it? How's it been working for you? Yeah, it's been a really great tool. I think it's, it's, it's funny because I'm like, divided about advertising on Instagram sometimes because I'm like mm. I'm just giving Instagram all my money and they already like show me like an ad every two posts that I like swiped I only follow artists so I'll like actually use my feed and mm-hmm. um, I do know that you know all the social media apps have basically like really manipulative practices that try to exploit your like um, unconscious uh, human tendencies anyways so I'm just like wary about that. And like, it's like, oh, I don't really want to give Instagram my money. And they already fucking like, just try to sell me shit every two seconds. <laughs> but, but it actually works. Cause one thing that's interesting is like, if you have, if you're trying to sell something before back in the day, like there would be basically like gatekeepers, like, you know, product is valuable when you see it in, when you see like a Gucci ad in like a really high class magazine, yeah. right? or when you see like a billboard with something on, or when you see like primetime TV slot commercial for like, you know, on like maybe you're watching like Seinfeld and it's like at primetime, you get like an ad for something. Yeah. You know, it's like they paid a lot of money. Like there's your gatekeepers. But now with social media, you see like those same ads up next to each other on your Instagram feed or your Facebook feed. And there's not this like difference in sort of like, you know, quality or like, you know, it's harder to tell like what's a more valuable brand. So maybe it will work better for people who don't have the sort of status that like old brands do. I feel it also plays into decentralization because there'd be no way for me, if I'm just saying for my, the consumer, cause I'm consuming your art. I, I there'd be no way that I would have found any of your art if it wasn't for an advertisement. I yeah, may yeah. have, I may have like for the off chance I'm back in Nova Scotia in the summer and I stumble into an art museum after I was walking the Bay or whatever, or like the, yeah. uh, the Bayfront. But it's like, there's it helped like it connects people in a, in a good way but it also goes it's instagram and they're scary people because that whole entire situation is also a bit of a bubble when apple and google are targeting against you um yes. which, which is like whoa that's gonna be that's another war that we gotta watch um but yeah, how, how do you feel about like the tiktok in that whole sense because i can just see one video of you like painting um <laughs> even if it's a time lapse of some weird maybe again another Fortnite meme or something that would just blow up it'd be insane you would need a market you would need to sell your soul that'd be hilarious yeah i've seen um people who like mix paint on tiktok mm-hmm. like try to match like skin color or like a specific color they're like somebody will be like match this fruit color and i'll watch the mix paint and i'm like i can do that <laughs> i can do exactly that um and they'll have like yeah like hundreds of thousands of views or whatever mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting I was, I was thinking about like, yeah, making TikToks. Um, 
TikTok's really interesting because uh, it almost feels like they figured out how to maximize capturing your attention on a phone, like on a mm-hmm. small phone screen. You know, like think about even like five, six years ago, people would be mad if you showed them a vertical video. Like there used to be on the internet like this, you can even find subreddits where they're like, like a, no, it was a cult. It was like an, it was an anti, it was a landscape only territory or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's because more people probably access the internet from a landscape. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there's this awkward phase where like people take videos on their phones, but they're holding it vertically because it's more comfortable. And then like, but you're watching it on like a widescreen. So people get all like, Ooh, pissed off about it. Then yeah, TikTok obviously is like vertical only. And there, it is really interesting because like some of the stuff I see on TikTok, I'm like, that's really creative. That's yeah. really funny. And uh, I find it really interesting. And then, yeah, like now every other social media company is like trying to do their version of TikTok, like Instagram Reels or like mm-hmm. whatever else there is. And Snapchat has like probably some version. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's like story or something weird. But yeah, to close this out, because I know I only have you for an hour um the the end goal we did talk about it briefly but i want to touch on it one more time because would there be in the most dream scenario for you yeah where would they closing it off to, to, uh, crazy tiktok fame no um <laughs> yeah just but just like at that level of fame where you go you can put your art anywhere what is it that you really want to get like what's the biggest accomplishment it doesn't it doesn't need to be in the art world it could just needs to be where do you see yourself? Do you see painting in the hills of Italy or France or something interesting? I think that would be pretty cool. I think, uh, I think about the future, uh, I really just want to be able to, I guess I'm really just interested in like really new tools. And I've always been interested in that since I can remember. Like I remember being a little kid and messing around in like random computer programs and whatnot. And I found that really fun. And I think there's something about like, every time a new tool becomes you know kind of more commonplace or available Mm -hmm. uh it like opens all these doors for literally like new things that we've never seen like now you can do something with this that you could never have done before and that's i guess where i want to see in the future like i want to be able to see maybe like what kind of work i can make that i've never seen before you know that's like my i guess end goal (laughs) That's a solid goal. I like it. I like it a lot. Anyways, Alex, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate this. This has been fun. Yeah, thanks so much, Carson. I'll have to uh, take a flight out to uh, Nova Scotia and see one of your galleries soon, for sure. Hey, you're invited. Actually, there's um, one in Ottawa, but uh, it's at... Uh, are you... Wait, you're in Ottawa? Yeah, I'm in down. I'm at you, Ottawa. You're in, okay, yeah. Downtown, so I, downtown. I have a show uh, in Ottawa right now, actually. It's at... Um, I'm going it's on uh, it's on uh it's like on bank street it's uh, at a gallery called studio 66 mm-hmm. and it goes until april 11th i'm going i got it thanks alex awesome dude sweet man bye man have a good one